is Comic Shenanigans, episode 551, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, February the 7th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 551, our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, February 7th. Uh, thank you for joining me at the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I am your host, Adam Chapman. And uh, this is our, I, I mean, technically, we're recording this on Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Uh, no better time to listen to a combo podcast, or record one in my case, than on Valentine's Day. So let's uh, jump right in. So February the 7th, uh, a lot of books came out. I did not have a chance to read that many, but some of the books I have not had a chance to read yet, but did want to mention, include Bane Conquest, number 9 of 12, uh, Batman, number 40, Black Lightning, Cold Dead Hands, which I'm enjoying thus far. I'm actually really liking it. Uh, Green Lanterns, Green Arrow, Hawkeye, Iceman, Infinity Countdown, Adam Warlock, number one, uh, Iron Fist, 77, new issue of Justice League, Nightwing, uh, Rogue and Gambit, Runaways, which has actually been really strong um, in this current iteration, uh, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Star Wars, Superman, uh, Venom, X-Men Gold, and Young Monsters in Love. Um, so what did I get a chance to read then, if that's everything that I didn't get a chance to read? Well, first up, we have Amazing Spider-Man. This is issue 795. Uh, this is Threat Level Red. Uh, guest starring Loki, Sorcerer Supreme. And I like this, um, for the most part. It was written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage. Artwork by Mike Hawthorne. And I thought Hawthorne had a, a, a nice take on the character. Um, it's kind of interesting, like, it's one of those issues where it's, like, you know, very much grounded in current continuity because you have, um... Uh, Loki as the you know as the current Sorcerer Supreme, uh, and it's just kind of a it's it's kind of a fun little throwaway tale which really feels like a way of Dan Slott saying, see, I I, I close off other people's um, dangling plot threads too. In in uh, in essence, uh, it's what a three hundred issue plot thread of Loki owing Peter Parker a favor, so he finally is able to contrive circumstances so that he's able to get himself out of having to potentially owe him a favor later. Um, that being said. Just kind of uh, you know set Peter up to do the right thing and has a, have have a nice conversation, and a chance to spend uh, time with his aunt on a on a rough day, um, which was kind of nice and felt very like kind of an earned Peter moment. It was kind of a you know um, not it's kind of an inconsequential kind of issue in a lot of ways, but it's still enjoyable. Um, one thing I liked about it as well. So obviously you have Loki kind of conniving, and I thought that was kind of cool. You have the um, you know, kind of the the flashbacks or the not the flashbacks, the callbacks to Mephisto, which was kind of interesting. Um, they like to do that slyly, kind of tweaking the audience. I think at times, um, and even like the how um, contrived the idea that, of course, you know, Spider Man's you know ends up be, finding himself right where Bobby and um, Aunt May is is kind of explained away with the fact that it was a contrivance put together by Loki. So I kind of like that it took the, that kind of element and actually made it pay off in a way. Um, the end of the issue, so I, I own this issue digitally because I had to because um, I don't have a dedicated store anymore. Uh, my store closed about a year and a bit ago, and I, I go to this other store, but I don't go often enough, and uh, I don't have an actual pull list there. Uh, I don't even think I've ever actually asked. It just they kind of they feel like they're... I don't know, comic book hipsters, and I just don't know if I want to. Anyways, uh, so I've been having issues with some issues, uh, getting some issues, some back issues or issues. I will, I'll, I'll miss going right on release day, and it'll be like a week later when I go in, and uh, I'm not able to get certain issues, so I've had to you know resort to digital for some. Um, and in particular, so I, but I've always wanted every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Like I, that's like no matter in my old my lean times, that was always what I bought. 
and I finally missed an issue because uh, I guess because you know you have the um, Red Goblin kind of have his origin at the end of this issue, and apparently uh, you know they had issues. They had so many extra issues for like every issue before this, like the last three or four issues before this one, um, and, but not this one uh, because so I'm kind of I'm kind of irked by. I, it's, I, I mean, it has to be speculators and stupid people um, being like, oh, no, something's happening. I better buy this. I'm like, fuck you guys. <laughs> you don't even care about, like, the fact that there's so many issues from the previous issues, uh, so many copies left of the previous issues, just kind of underscores that, you know, you did not care. Don't pretend you care now. Um, so let me have my, my fucking issues. And now I don't have issue 795, so I have to get that somehow, sometime at uh, the back issue market, which bugs me. And uh, now I have it, you know, I had to buy it digitally because... You know, I had no other option. Really frustrating. Um, what do I give the issue? Uh, it, was, it was fun. Um, nice little jaunt. I, it wasn't like super, like the best thing I've ever read, but it was it was nice and solid. I, I'll give it a seven. You know, it was a good read. Uh, next up, we have Avengers six seventy nine, which I continue to enjoy. Um, this is part of No Surrender. This is part five. This is written by Al Ewing, Jim Zub, and Mark Wade, with artwork by Kim, uh, I guess Jacinto. Um, I, I like how big the cast is here. I think that's really entertaining. I like the the version of Grandmaster we see. I don't know if this is the first time he's been kind of illustrated in this way, but kind of funky hipstery um, as opposed to his kind of classic sense. Um, and I like uh, this the, this Challenger. I like the design on Challenger. Uh, so I like what that looks like. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm really kind of enjoying this. In fact, at certain points of the art, it you know, which reminded me of Clay Man. Uh, we're def- definitely getting. Um, you know the idea that you know there's there's stuff going on here, and uh, that the you know, the Challenger has a, a back history as a member as an elder of the uh, of the universe. So, um, and also the 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 name of uh, the character of the Grandmaster, and how he's kind of t- took the name of the Grandmaster. Um, I am really enjoying this. This again felt like a different. Uh, paced issue because it was much more about kind of the, the hidden machinations that we weren't really getting to see until now. Um, but I, I actually really dug it. I thought it was really strong, and uh, the very end especially I thought was uh, really cool. So I, I, I would I would give this issue six seventy nine of Avengers a a very solid eight, if not maybe I'll give it an eight point five. I I think this this storyline it just feels so on point, so focused, so concise. You get an issue a week, which is really cool. Obviously, it's well put together and plotted. They worked on this a year and a bit of an advance. Like this feels like this is how you do something like this. If like, you know what it is coming in, you have everyone working together. You have a very you know tight ship deadline, but and every issue looks great. Like I love fifty two. Don't get me wrong, but there is a certain formula to it. And uh, this feels like each issue kind of plays in, into different artist strengths, and uh, it feels very vibrant. And at times, Fifty Two didn't, but Fifty Two again was kind of not the first weekly book ever, but uh, of its kind of in the more modern era, definitely a first uh, in terms of being able to churn out that much content that quickly. And they were kind of you know riding on fumes at times, but they made it work. And it was again absolutely fantastic. But this is you know not having the same duration, but it's so intensely pop plotted um you know and everything's kind of one big story you have subplots obviously but you don't have i mean 52 you had like a few kind of divergent plot lines and you'd have issues where you didn't you know have any of the of that storyline kind of dovetailing um it was just they're very different beasts but they both work so well in different ways so i i really dug this i'm going to give it an eight out of five, eight and a half out of uh, 
actually 10 for sure. Uh, next up is Daredevil. This is issue 598. I'm really enjoying the Mayor Fisk storyline and the way that it's being juxtaposed against the return of, um, uh, oh my god, what's his name? Muse. Uh, it's written by Charles Sewell, artwork by Ron Gurney, and um, really digging this. And again, how Fisk is trying to kind of control Murdoch. Uh, Murdoch deciding to kind of go back to his black costume um, so he can, you know, kind of find Muse. Muse does some crazy stuff here, too. Um, this is, again, really entertaining and interesting to see how, you know, the long-running plotline of Fisk and not him being the mayor is being uh, used nicely against the return of Muse, uh, which I'm really digging as well. Um, and he's just a frightening, scary character and very chilling the way that uh, Sewell is writing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give that a solid 8. Uh, next up is Spider-Man 237. This is Brian Michael Bundes and Oscar Bazaldua. Um, not a big fan of the art. I found at times the the details in the art were la- a little lacking. Um, and and, part, and some of this is, is interesting, but I just I, I don't think it was consistently entertaining enough. And I hate, hate, hate the way in which the Hobgoblin is being written. And I can't even tell which Hobgoblin this is. I mean, I don't know if this is Phil York or, or Kingsley. If it's Kingsley... This is absolutely like egregious, and I am sad that Bendis is even writing the character. If it's uh, not, and it's um, and it's Yurik, then then I can buy it, and I'm okay with it. Uh, the way in which the uh, the Red Hulk is written, I thought was was fun as well. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I buy the conversation that we get here between Aaron and Miles, and I don't know. I just I feel like it's a little slow, and it doesn't really pay off enough. Um, and I just feel like there's so many questions I have, and I don't think we're ever going to get the answers, but maybe that's coming in the next couple issues, but I just don't, it doesn't feel like we're going to get a resolution to how is he here, you know, and what do these characters even remember and how and why? Like, we get a little bit of a sense here, um, but I don't think we got enough of it, and, um, I don't know. I do like the, uh, the appearance of, uh, of Danica from Spider Talk, um, which, I mean, if you've ever listened to the Amazing Spider Talk podcast, this definitely feels like uh, we're getting part of that. And uh, like that's a, a shout-out to that podcast. I hope it is intentional. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give the issue like a five and a half. Like, it, it didn't... I don't think it really moved along well. The art was not as detailed or as um, well put together, I think, as it usually is. And so I think it was just missing on a, a variety of different levels. Uh, but let's not end off on a sour note. Let's end off with X-Men Red number one, which I thought was actually quite entertaining and very good. Um, really liked what they're doing. The art at times is a little awkward. There's a page, I think, in the page six or something, um, after Jean and her team has rescued the girl, where it's just kind of this weird shot of them all kind of standing in their costumes. And Jean's looks so frumpy looking and awkward, and Trinary's looks bad, and... Wolverine doesn't look like she's wearing a Wolverine costume. Like, I don't even know what's going on. It just looks very awkward. Um, it's written by Tom Taylor, artwork by Mahmoud Azrar, and I wouldn't know it to look at that page because it's, again, not very well put together at all. Um, although the page before was cool because you had all the bam thing and then the, a giant great white, which was kind of cool. Um, I like the idea of, um, you know, having Jean Grey come back and her trying to you know, protect people and inspire people and, um, what to do that now that she's back. And, um, I, I thought this was fantastic. I, I really did. I thought it was so interesting to see 
now that Jean's back, how does she operate on the greater stage? How does she interact? I mean, the the people who've been kind of leading the X uh, the X Men or not X Men, but mutants lately. I mean, besides Kitty Pride, who's done a good job. Part of that you had you know the focal points were Scott Summers and Emma Frost, and they've definitely been turned into kind of villainous characters, or at least as how they would be perceived by the world at large. So that's really interesting to see how Jean comes to a world that's very different and has moved on, and she's trying to you know unite people and that doesn't go so well when Cassandra Nova comes back and I thought that was an interesting character again to have come back and uh, kind of mess things up um, I'm wondering how we're going to see Jean dealing with what happens at the end of the issue here because um, it kind of goes against what she's trying to do to unite people and protect people but um, it's just to see how Tom Taylor writes um, you know how, how this affects Jean with her new outlook on life and uh, how it's going to challenge her but so far very well done um, again, there was a few artistic um, kind of slip-ups, I think, that weren't as strong, but for the most part, I thought this really nailed a lot of things. Although there was an awkward scene with Namor in the water, which I thought was maybe not the best. Uh, so I'll give it a seven and a half. So that is everything we're going to be chatting about today. Um, looking ahead to next week's review episode, um, some of the highlights coming out on this February the 14th include Action Comics 997, Renier, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vow 16, Amazing Spider-Man Annual 42, Avengers 680, Back on the Birds of Prey, Batman Sins of the Father, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider, Cable, Captain America, um, what else we got? Dark Knights Rising, Darth Vader, Despicable Deadpool, Doctor Strange, Falcon, uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. I'm really excited to read that. Miss Marvel, Old Man Hawkeye. The first issue was actually really good. Uh, Old Man Logan. Uh, there's a lot of Old Man books. Uh, Star Wars Podameron, Star Wars Thrawn, uh, The Flash, The Punisher, Titans, Weapon X, Wonder Woman, and X-Men Blue. So we'll be chatting about them on an upcoming episode of Comic Shenanigans. You can um, email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode, 552, will be uh, either on Friday or Saturday. And it'll be our spotlight on the Black Panther film, um, which comes out uh, on the 16th. And then on the 23rd, our non-reviews episode, which I guess is episode 554, uh, ostensibly should be a conversation uh, that I'm going to be having with Judd Winnick. Uh, upcoming uh, interviews will include uh, a variety of different people, including uh, CBR's Brian Cronin. Uh, we're also, I'm also going to be speaking with um, Tim Truri. I actually don't know how to pronounce that last name, so I may have just butchered it. Uh, he was the editor of the Marvel Vision book. from uh, It was a magazine format in the late 90s, which I really loved at the time. Really excited to chat with him. He also worked in Marvel Editorial throughout the 90s, so that should be a, an interesting conversation, and I'm really excited about having it. That'll be soon. Um, working on having a conversation with Cal Dodd soon, uh, who is the voice of um, the Wolverine from the animated series in the 90s, which I'm really excited about uh, Try to schedule that as well. Uh, so some good stuff coming out in the next couple months, um, and we're going to have Steve Englehart back. Uh, we're going to have Norm Breifel on the show, who's a legendary Batman artist. So a lot of good stuff coming up to look forward to. So thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you'll join us for future episodes. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>